party started. Good morning, everyone, to another episode of the Accessibility Corner. My name is George Savara with my wife, Lulu Hernandez. She is a co-host, and we are doing Facebook Live along with this show. Today, we will be talking to you. Oh, by the way, the Accessibility Corner is brought to you by the Law Office of Stephanie Townsend, Ayala, and Associates. Today, we'll be talking to Ms. Monica Vargas from the Special Olympics. She'll be talking about the programs they offer to the community. And then in the second half, We'll be talking to Mr. Uh, Julio Perez from the ADA, who is the ADA coordinator for the city. He'll be, uh, be providing some updates regarding uh, access to the Abraham Chavez Theater, the trolleys, the ballpark, and uh, a few a few other good stuff. So if you want to call into the show, always call 915-603-5176. Those on Facebook Live, you want to go ahead and comment. If you want and say give a shout out, Miss, uh, my wife will be reading off the comments. Of course, I can't. But um, so right now, what we normally do for the accessibility corner, we do what's called the accessibility minute. It's through EasterSealsTech.com. That's EasterSealsTech.com, and they have a weekly podcast of devices that are that are geared for people with physical and uh, visual impairments. It's pretty neat, and that this one. Uh, it's called the Z-Pop. I think I could be wrong, but it's a device that helps you, uh, those with um, a difficulty opening canned products, which I know I do. And my hands work okay. But uh, it's a real good device, and uh, we're going to go ahead and play that. Hey there, welcome to Accessibility Minute, your weekly look at assistive technology. Those clever tools and devices designed to help people who have difficulties with vision, mobility, hearing, or other special needs. Cans with ring pulls on them are referred to as easy open cans. But to individuals with arthritis, poor dexterity, and more, these cans are anything but easy to open. This is where the J-Popper comes in handy. The J-Popper is a can opener that easily opens any can with the ring pull mechanism. While using this device, the lid is removed safely and easily with a gentle pull of the handle and without splashing the can's contents. Features of the J-Popper include no more broken nails or sore fingers from opening cans, ideal for individuals with arthritis, weakness, dexterity issues, and more, compact and handy for your kitchen, garage, boat, and camper, Made from high-density ABS plastic, available in white, red, yellow, or blue, dishwasher safe, and much more. Visit brixdesign.com to learn more. For more information, to read our blog, or to drop us a line, visit eastersealstech.com. That was your Accessibility Minute for this week. I'm Laura Metcalf with the Indata Project at Easter Seals Crossroads in Indiana. Well, everyone, like I said, that's a good device for those who have difficulty opening canned products or canned food products. I know I do. And um, to check out that website, it's eastersealstech.com. And they do, a, like I said, a weekly podcast. So we had a, I had the pleasure of speaking to Miss Monica Vargas this week from the Special Olympics. And we'll be playing that, uh, that interview in a few minutes. But it's really neat. If you really can uh, volunteer or donate to Special Olympics, Try to. You're going to get this uh, 
You know, there's some good information from her and also from the PCA we'll be playing after the interview. How's that interview, Mr. Uh, Abel? In a few minutes, we'll be talking to Ms. Monica Vargas from Special Olympics Texas, and she'll be letting us know about what type of competitions they offer and fundraising and so forth. And uh, Special Olympics to me is personal because my cousin uh, a few years ago used to participate, and I did back in the 80s, so 30 years ago. But anyway, so here is Ms. Uh, Monica Vargas. How are you doing today, ma'am? I'm doing good. And you? Thank you for coming on to the Accessibility Corner Show to talk about the Special Olympics Texas. And first of all, so tell the, our listeners a little about yourself. Um, so like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm the Monica Vargas. I'm the program director, and I've been in this position for about a year and about four months now. Um, I came prior to, to Special Olympics. I was working with the City of El Paso Parks and Recreation. Um, I was in charge of, like, running the Girls Fast Pitch program and, you know, assisting with other um sports that they had um so there i worked about almost four and a half years before transitioning into special olympics texas oh so you have some background regarding okay that's that's good now mm-hmm. when it comes to special olympics of texas kind mm-hmm. of give an overview of what they what we do or what do you what you do here in el paso you know um we just provide um you know year-round training and competitions to our special olympics athletes here in el paso um we just try to you know get them engaged into, into sports, you know, uh, making them, uh, giving those opportunities to develop physical fitness, demonstrate courage, um, experience that joy and, and, you know, gifts and skills and, and develop those friendships with other athletes and those families that are within the El Paso area and the community. And I know you, you have your yearly event here in El Paso in April, is it? or when? In May, in May, this our, our spring games over at Burgess High School. Oh, and Burgess, that's, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, and so is there, if someone wants to participate, is there that qualifier, is there eligibility, or how does that work? Um, yeah, they have to have an intellectual disability in order to participate with Special Olympics. Um, with that, then we can either, if they're in a school that already has a, a team base for Special Olympics, they can join that team. Or if they need uh, to be put on a team, you know, they can call our office, um, and then we can find them a team to be on to participate. Um, and in those, we usually do our track and field events, um, all of our relays or running events and our field events, which is, you know, the javelin, shot put, tennis ball, and softball throw. Wow. Now, the training, um, is it year-round, or is it a particular time of the year where you do the training? Um, particularly, it depends on, because we, I mean, like, we have 14, 15 different sports that we do year-round. So we do have, like, our spring sports and then our fall sports. So, um for our spring sports, if they do participate, then they kind of start in like the end of January to February, and they do have to do a minimum of eight weeks training in order to participate in the competition. Wow. Now, if a participant wants, do they have to, is there a fee or is it, how does that? No, no. Um, we don't charge any of our athletes any fee or anything to compete at all. So yeah, fundraising, just, excuse me? So fundraising is very important for you then? Yeah, the fundraising part is, um, you know, and that's Marsha Beret, that's actually our development director, and she handles all of our fundraising um, events for, you know, here in El Paso for our athletes. You, you had, did you have an event last week or something like that, a uh, bicycle event or something I saw on the news? Um, so last week we had, on Friday, we had our gymnastics competition over at Hanks High School. Okay. And then on Sunday we had um, our cycling competition at EPCC. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is your, so if people want to help out in the fundraising, they could reach out to you? Yes, uh-huh. they could reach out to me, and they could actually uh, give me a call here at the office at 915-533-8229, or 
or they can email me at mvargas at sotx.org. And then we also do have our, our website that they can go to, uh, which is www.sotx.org. And there they can actually pull up our calendar and, and see, you know, all of our competitions throughout the year and locations and times as well. Well, I don't know if you could agree with me, Ms. Barges, on this, but I know that like when my cousin participated, it helps build her self-esteem that, mm-hmm. you know, she's able to participate and win her, her gold. And I think it was gold and silver. And she was ecstatic mm-hmm. about winning those. So I know to me, it's very important that, you know, individuals with disabilities are sometimes segregated and this mm-hmm. kind of invo- allows them to be a participant in, in competition. And mm-hmm. you have big crowds that show up, don't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We, ha- we have, you know, I mean, the Special Olympics, I mean, it's, it's a, big uh big aspect within El Paso. I mean, we do host about maybe 2500 athletes uh you know year round especially in our in our spring games. That's one of our bigger ones that we have about closer to 2000 that participate. So, you know, it's a great way for for all of them to kind of, you know, get together and, and you know, not only as athletes but you know, the families come together and and they get to see these athletes, you know, in that state where they're competing and they get to see, you know, what they're doing within those 8 weeks of training. You know, and, and those gold medals for them, it's just, you know, they get so excited, like, that you see on their faces, like, once they receive that medal, you my know, cousin, that joy. My cousin used to wear her, her medal to we go eat somewhere or she went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I understand. It's, it's very so – is, yeah. is there an age age range for this or not? Um, we What we do is for our competitions, the minimum age is eight, and they go all the way up to adults. So I think the oldest that we've had is about maybe 65 that compete uh, wow. in our different competitions. Um, that's in order to do our, our competitions here. Um, but we do have other, um, like our young athletes program, which is from two years to seven. And what that is, is like we kind of Im- – try to do it with the schools, the elementary schools. It's a program that we offer them and it trains those athletes, um, you know, learning how to, to the running, the walk, the jump in order, they train in order. Once they turn eight, they can compete in our actual competitions. And I was seeing a study last week, Ms. Lord, is that people, mm-hmm. uh, individuals with IGD that, that uh, train or, or do physical activity that actually expands their life by 10 or mm-hmm. 12 years because they have that, that uh, inner, I think there's a study said that those with IGD, especially those with Down syndrome, normally don't have a long lifespan, but when they participate, it kind of expands that the lifespan because they're active. They're moving yeah, around. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so before I forget also, for you, Ms. Barkett, are you available Monday through Friday if they want to contact you? Uh, yes, Monday through Friday, even Saturday, Sunday. My phone is always on, email's always always there. So no matter what, you call, text, email, I'll, I'll respond no matter what, any time of the day or night, you'll get a response from me. Okay. Now, so before we leave, is there any last word you want to give to our listeners regarding the Special Olympics Texas? I know it's important, but I want it mm-hmm. to come from you. Um, you know, I mean, not just, you know, I, I know I know a lot of the community sees that as, um, you know, sports um competitions that we offer but we don't you know we do have other programs um besides our our sports that we offer you know um our athlete leadership program is one where we kind of i have a small committee right now of athletes um some of them do compete in our competitions but what they do is they're like the voice for all the other athletes um they you know they talk to these athletes get you know questions concerns and they bring it up to to myself you know what can we do better for these athletes you know for our competitions or just overall uh, Special Olympics here in El Paso. 
Um, that's something that we do offer. Um, the other one is a motor activities training. Um, that one um, we have within, it's either the schools, the day hubs, you know, some of these other um, organizations. Um, and it's a day event where, you know, the ones that cannot compete in our track and field or competitions, um, we have it there at their facility. Um, they get medals, they get ribbons, and, and they're little activities that we can do for them just so they feel a part of, of our organization. Well, that's neat. So you actually let the, the athletes be engaged in how the, the pro- programs are used or run. Yes. That is very neat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. So yeah. first, like I said, Ms. Vargas, thank you so mm-hmm. much for what you do, you know, working with these athletes. Uh, mm-hmm. Having them participate is very uh, healthy, number one. And yes. uh, but more importantly, it helps build their self-esteem where they get, you know, they know they're participating. And so again, if anyone wants to reach out to Ms. Vargas, she gave her number. Could you give her a number one more time, Ms. Vargas? Sure. I'll, I'll give you the office number is 915-533-8229 or my cell phone number is 915-588-3880 or you can email me at mvargas at sotx.org. Well, Ms. Vargas, thank you for taking the short time here to, to let us know about Special Olympics Texas. I learned, hopefully our listeners learned, and uh, thank you again for listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network. You heard that interview from Ms. Vargas. Uh, I think the Special Olympics Texas is awesome. So again, I reach out to Ms. Vargas. And to help you make that decision to volunteer or to donate your time, I'm going to play a PCA, or we're going to play a PCA uh, from the Special Olympics. And it's pretty neat. I like it. It's like five minutes long. We all know that sports are a universal language, uniting people on and off the field of play, cutting across the lines of race, ethnicity, education level, social status, and economic background. Special Olympics has grown to be a movement that is not just about the largest population with disabilities in the world, but all about all of us. Before Special Olympics, I thought that was like a nobody. Like nobody special. Nobody really wanted to take a chance on me because I had a disability. They thought back then that they might catch my disease. It made me feel normal to be part of an organization. What it does for us is teaches us self-esteem. And it taught me a lot about myself, about how I can do certain things that people say we can't do because we have an intellectual disability. Every year I play basketball, and every year I play um, softball. My favorite sports is golf, volleyball, softball, and tennis. I play soccer. I do the bar and the beam. Try. Uh, swimming, and pretty much a lot of everything. The Young Athletes Program is to get these kids used to all different types of sports. Owen's been going to Special Olympics since he was five years old, I think. He was not physically able to do the things that Special Olympics does. So jumping, throwing, catching, hitting things. The Young Athletes Program has really just helped him with his gross motor skills. It's an amazing program. Good eye, 
School Games is for our elementary and middle school students. The teacher will train students in any particular sport. It ends with a culminating tournament where all the local schools who are also participating in school games come and compete uh, with one another. Every athlete that comes to Special Olympics, when it's time to go to healthy athletes, you need to go because I can hear more. That means I can understand more. I love healthy athletes. Unified sports has gotten more people involved. I think it's opened a lot of eyes. It gives us more opportunity to play and exercise more just all the way around to have a good time with um, other athletes. It's just phenomenal. Uh, law enforcement has a special relationship with the athletes of the Special Olympics. We are involved in what's called the Law Enforcement Torch Run for Special Olympics. Every year, we run the Flame of Hope through Southern California. Really, we're a fundraising group. Every year, we raise a significant amount of money, which 100% of it goes back into these Special Olympic programs, providing the athletes the opportunity to compete, which gives them uh, all the other benefits. You can get your family involved, you can get your friends involved, you can get other people in the community involved. But we just want to be accepted just like everybody else and to give us a chance and prove that we can make a difference in our lives and in other people's lives. It just makes you feel you're part of something. Like everybody treats you the same. It's just amazing and I couldn't ask for anything more. It's the people, the coaches, it's everybody that's involved in Special Olympics. That makes Special Olympics so bright and so colorful. Let me win. Let me win. Let me win. Let me win. But if I cannot win. But if I cannot win. Let me be brave in the attempt. Let me be brave in the attempt. Let me be brave at the attempt. Like I said, always if you can volunteer and donate your time to Ms. to the Special Olympics, reach out to Ms. Vargas. We'll be talking to Mr. Julio Perez, the ADA coordinator, and he'll be providing some updates. That some questions have come up regarding access to the trolleys, the Abraham Chavez, and the ballpark, and he will address those. And uh, like I said, we we try to do is bring you information to 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 the to the, to the masses. So I think we'll, we'll be going to break in a few minutes. I'm not too sure. That, yeah, here we go. I, I hear that music. Abel plays some good music. He really does. So, so you've been listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network, and we'll see you after the break. I'm Stephanie Townsend Iala. At the law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala and Associates, our attorneys, including Jennifer Coulter and my own daughter, Jessica Clute, fight for the nursing home and home health care rights of the elderly and disabled. I'm attorney Jessica Clute. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala also specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid asset protection, and guardianships. Call us at 533-0007. Thank you. 
And we're back here to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network. The Accessibility Corner is brought to you by the Law Office of Stephanie Townsend Ayala and Associates. So this time we'll be we'll have a, a video or audio from Mr. Julio Perez, which is the ADA coordinator for the city. Uh, he's going to give a lot of information. It's like a twenty-minute-long <laughs> video or audio, and uh, listen to it if you can't. And uh, like I said, you want to call in, you're more welcome at nine one five six zero three five one seven six. Enable how that audio coming in. Ready to go? No? Hello, everyone. In a few minutes, we'll be talking to Mr. Julio Perez, the ADA coordinator for the city of El Paso. We had this gentleman on the show in the early February talking about the update to the ADA transition plan for the city. And he's agreed to come back onto the accessibility corner show to give us more updates regarding access to the trolleys, the ballpark, and Abraham Chavez, and much, much more. And also, he'll be on the show periodically to give us more updates. So, Hello there, Mr. Julio Perez. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, Mr. Zavala, it's good to be on your show again. Good morning, or afternoon, I should say, by now. Right, good afternoon, yes, sir. And uh, just, it's, I think it's important you, you provide those updates so people kind of know that the city is being proactive going out there regarding ADA compliance. And I know you've been very active in that. And that's why I think it's appropriate that you come on and give us yeah, the updates of what you've been working on. I know it's been a lot. So I guess we're going to start with the, the ADA transition plan. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you. Yes, we do have several updates, uh, one of which is the ADA transition plan. As you know, Mr. Zavala, I don't think there's ever been a, a time in history when the city has really been focused on improving accessibility throughout our city. And it hasn't really been because of, of me necessarily. It's because of, of the entire efforts of the community and the city, city manager, city council, everyone who's very interested in making sure that it, our entire community is as accessible as possible. As a result, uh, uh, last year, about August or so, we started doing a, a general assessment of our city to see to what extent we were compliant to see what areas needed improvement. And then, and not only that, but to also include services as part of that transition plan. So I'm happy to say that we're pretty much completed uh, that assessment and uh, completed a report that I will be sharing at our uh, Accessibility Advisor Committee, which you're all invited to come, and the public as well. That takes place on the fourth Thursday of this month, which is, let me just check my calendar real quick. That is going to be the the 26th of this month at uh, 2.30 p.m. at the Sun Metro uh, Operations Center on 10151. Montana. I know I gave you a lot of information there, but I really want to invite all the public and anyone who is interested to come and get a lot more detail than I'm going to be providing today uh, regarding our, our transition plan. But basically, at a high level, sir, we, we have completed the assessment. Uh, we've got some uh, really good news, and that is that in general, um, we have found that our facilities and our services and programs offered by the by the city to the general public uh, we have found that uh, we are really exerting our, our best efforts to comply with all the ADA standards and requirements to make our city more accessible. So a lot less issues that I was expecting to find uh, were, uh, you know, were uncovered. And so, but we, nevertheless, we do have some items that we have to improve upon. Just to give you a very general, um, high-level uh, uh, overview of this, uh, we did. Uh, 
do an assessment of all of our 27 formal city departments, including any subdivisions there. That included uh, over 257 parks and related public spaces. That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of parks throughout our city. Uh, 159 public buildings, uh, 2,757 bus stops, our procedures and process in regards to how we go about uh, preparing and improving our sidewalks and curb cuts throughout our city, including the audible pedestrian signals. Like I mentioned before, all of our services and basically review of our city policies and procedures regarding compliance of ADA and how we monitor and how we report back to the community on such. So with it's, that in mind. It hasn't been an easy process. And just to let everyone out there know that he's uh, has been providing updates every month since the, the process. And like I said, uh, everyone, uh, like Mr. Pettis said, come out to the AAC meeting uh, so you can kind of get a first glance or first uh, person review. And also, if you have any questions, you could ask Mr. Pettis. He's very open, very transparent. Uh, the, like you said, there are issues, but this, this is willing to, the city is willing to work with them to, to fix these issues. And so I do appreciate that, Mr. Pettis. I know it's been a long process. It's been, like you said, uh, many months, you know, taking the inventory and whatnot. But I do appreciate uh, the due diligence you've been doing. Well, well, I, I do appreciate your comments, Mr. Zavala, and uh, to reiterate what you're just saying here is that this this assessment is is being done for the for the city for the community at large, right? So it is your assessment, it is communication information back to you. So if I don't get input, if I don't get ideas and comments, uh, improvement ideas, then then uh, we're really basically doing this on our own, and I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that we're doing this for you as a service to the community, and. Uh, and and then going forward, once this uh, transition plan is in place, we're going to start addressing all the items that we have found. Uh, you know, the minor items that we have found at some of our parks, some of our facilities, and uh, you know, we're trying to fix all of our bus stops throughout our, our city, uh, including continuing to add as as many curb cuts and, and sidewalk uh, improvements throughout. So it's going to be a lot of work now that we have completed this assessment. But at the end of the day, the, the work is being done. That's what really yeah. counts, you know. So, yes, and, sir. Yes, uh, through sir. this process, there's had been many uh, cons- uh, discussions coming up, or or questions, really, I guess, regarding access. And one of those, one of those three items, is the Abraham Chavez Theater. And I know you had a chance. Well, we had a chance to go and, and see it. And the city has put a platform. There's a platform area where you have like a straight shot to the to the um, to the theater, uh, the platform or the stage. And to me, that's that. And then you had an elevator for the back of the of the facility where someone in the wheelchair can access the stage area. So I do. I think that area was really nice. So I don't know if you want to get more information, Mr. Pettis. Yeah. So as you can imagine, Mr. Zavala, our city is, uh, you know, it's an older city, right? Uh, uh, going back, uh, 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 you know, over what is it, over two hundred years old, uh, if I yes. if my history is right. So. Um, a lot of our buildings were uh, uh, built up prior to ADA standards, and the Abraham Chavez is one of those examples. I think it was built back in the 1975 uh, time frame area uh, time frame, and um, uh, at that time there were no ADA standards per se. So when the city, when the law came up and it was uh, implemented, the city went back and said, How, "What can we do 
to make it as successful as, as possible. And they did make a lot of improvements. Some of those, you know, of course, adding the ability to to be able to accommodate someone in a wheelchair. You know, making sure that the entrance and the exits and and the area around it is accessible. And so they've done a lot of work to make it as successful as possible. Like, like you mentioned, we did have some meetings on site where we showed everyone the things that we have done. Now we did we did find uh, some improvements that need to be made around the Abraham Chavez, and that is in the bathrooms that are outside of the uh, theater. And so we're going to be implementing a project to do that. Uh, but overall, I think we have we're trying to do the best that we can to make it as accessible as possible. And, and the thing is, is, that's what you want to you want to have an environment where the where it's inclusive, so everyone enjoys themselves. And another facility is just down the street, literally, is the ballpark. And I know we also visit that. And and again, in my opinion, now it seems very accessible. The area there's a quick access for those who use a, a mobility device. For those who are blind, it has some kind of alarm system. So I mean, it's it's very uh, very accessible, in my opinion. But I guess you're the expert, Mr. Perez. I'll give you, you know you want to give more uh, updates on that. Yeah, so, and this is thanks to you, Mr. Zavala, and many of the advocacy groups in our city that were very involved at the time when the, the bog park was being built. Uh, we had multiple meetings on site to review the accessibility and to provide recommendations to the builder or the contractor to improve upon so that the building and the facility could be as successful as possible. And that means uh, being able to uh, have parking uh, uh, nearby that is accessible, being able to uh, have public transportation uh, drop off individuals who are using mobility device right in front of the, uh, the main entrance. Both entrances have having the ability to accommodate someone who has a disability, open spaces, you know, ability to eat at, at accessible areas. Um, just in general, I think the the area is very nice and, and uh, open. Um, we've had uh, several um, events, including some some of, of which you have been a part of, Mr. Zavala, and and uh, a lot of people with disabilities have have uh, shown up. And um, I, you know, I think the first time we had a couple of minor items that were reported and then they were fixed. So uh, it, it can't be done without input, that's for sure. And you guys have been very involved. In and the ballpark, uh, and that's what we want, right? Every time we, we have a new facility, a new service, we want your involvement to make sure that we're 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 having services that are accessible to all. That we're very that we're being very inclusive. You know, that's one, one of the things I use on on Facebook, Mr. Pettit, is hashtag no participation, no progress, and that's exactly the the purpose of saying that is that you know, Mr. Pettis is requesting information from us because we're the ones who actually experience those quote unquote barriers. And Mr. Pettis can't fix them until he hears it from us. I know one of the issues that came out from this uh, process also, Mr. Pettis, was uh, the trolley as an actual route to see if that area was also accessible. So I know this, that, that trolley hasn't been really implemented until the end of the year, but I know you and uh, the AAC has been very um, fluid in that. And you can also give an update regarding the trolleys. Sure, sure. So again, it's one of those services, right? New services that we're implementing. And so we've, we're trying to uh, obtain as much input from the community, bringing back information to the AAC, the, the, again, the meeting that we have on a monthly basis. Uh, and so uh, we are having our, we just received our first 
streetcar uh, about a couple of weeks ago. And as soon as it's feasible and as soon as we have done the preliminary testing that needs to be done and we actually have control over the streetcar, because right now we're actually not in control of it. Right, It's, it's still in a process of, of being you know, tested and, and making sure that everything's working fine. Once we deem it ex- uh, safe and accessible, uh, we will be inviting the community to come back and view it, see it, touch it, you know, smell it, and, <laughs> and be able to see how, how it works, right? How someone with a mobility device is able to board and be able to use it inside. And um, we want to show you where the bus stops or the, I shouldn't say bus stops, streetcars uh, destinations and locations are so that you can provide input as well. But so far, we've done as much as we can to make not only the area accessible, but also the streetcar itself. We'll have we'll have uh, wheelchair positions inside for someone to board and be able to just ride uh, uh, without any assistance, actually. Uh, right now, uh, standard practice and, and general practice is that someone boards the the, 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 the light rail car or the street car and does not need any uh, uh, securements on the mobility device because the uh, wheel the, the, the uh, street car is going at a speed that is very comfortable very safe and therefore very little movement is uh, is uh, uh, exerted on the uh, mobility device itself so anyway we're going to be testing those out and, and seeing what you what you think so as soon as I have a date, I will let you know, Mr. Zavala, so you can let everyone know. Okay, awesome. And, I know, and then one of the things you mentioned, Mr. Perez, which I think is a very good uh, concept of having that independence, just boarding and onboarding on your, by yourself. You know, and, and I think that that makes a person feel better, too, uh, you know, in, in, in a small little uh, way of saying, you know what, I got on the bus by myself or the, the street the streetcar and I was able to get off. And I think that discussion of the of the straps or not being strapped is really, in my opinion now, this is just my opinion, irrelevant because I know there are studies out there that support not having those those straps. Yes, yes, and and I, you know, I I actually welcome anyone who may have an issue or problem with that. I know we in our meetings we've discussed the pros and cons, and the majority, the vast majority of those people that uh, use mobility devices are okay with it. There may be a few that are a little bit concerned about it. I, I do welcome those calls to to talk about what issues they may uh, foresee, some perceptions they may have, and to show everyone that uh, riding the streetcar will be completely, completely safe for those using mobility devices. I think you have to watch out for the people who are running into the trolley. To be <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, that, uh, yeah, you, you, we, we may uh, laugh about it, but uh, I tell yeah. you what, safety around the streetcar is, is very important. In fact, we're doing a lot of um, uh, campaigns, safety campaigns throughout our city for motorists, uh, cyclists, bicyclists, uh, you know, any pedestrians, anyone who uh, will be interacting in and around our streetcars to be safe, how to cross the street, how, you know, when to recognize that the, the streetcar is right in front of you and, and will be either turning left or right, et cetera. So a lot of campaigns are taking place in regards to safety. And I hope people adhere to those safety rules or, or PSAs because one of the things they have to realize is that if there are going to be rails now in the streets that you, your bike might get stuck in and, you know, that's you know, not a good yeah, scenario. Yeah, but, yes, but, yes, yes, yes. So, and I know another thing, Mr. Bennett, that you had worked on since last year. You actually asked for for input, which was called the CD the CDBG fund, which is a community development block grant. 
And uh, you have an update regarding that, don't you? Yes. So um, every year, there's an opportunity to go after some funding uh, from what is called CDBG, it's Community Development and Block Grant uh, Funding. And uh, there's some money available for two districts at a time throughout our city. In fiscal year 2019, uh, which is coming up starting September, there will be some money available for either District 2 and 4. And the deadline to submit for an application was back in December, I think it was. So we went ahead and submitted some projects for District 2 and District 4. And my understanding is that it's not official yet. There's there's not been a unofficial um, uh, award, but the um, uh, let me see if I can get the name right here. Um, the Community Development Steering Committee has voted to recommend uh, about $300,000 to go to District 4 towards uh, ramps and sidewalk gaps. Um, however, nothing has been approved or is being recommended for District 2. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, uh, most likely no money is going to be going to District 2. And the reason for that is that uh, there are a lot more projects being requested for District uh, 2 than for District 4. So the competitiveness uh, was a lot higher in District 4 and, as, I mean, in District 2 as a result. Our program, our sidewalks, even though they were being recommended, uh, you know, didn't make it, didn't make it to the very top of, of the projects. So it is not official yet. As soon as, I, you know, the city council uh, approves those, those monies, those funds, then starting September, then we will start working on some of those projects uh, in the Northeast area, District 4. And that's, that, that money, that CTPG fund is separate, totally separate from the on-demand program, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is just additional funding. And we're always doing that, Mr. Zawal. Thank you for pointing that out, is that whenever there's additional funding available, we're always trying to go after it. And we're always trying to add more programs, more money into the pot so that, you know, we already have uh, multiple programs and projects that are geared and, and created towards improving sidewalk and accessibility in our city. And, and adding just one more will certainly help. Oh yeah, hey, the, the more the merrier. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So before we you know finish off, and I thank you again, Mr. Pence, for coming on to the accessibility corner. Is um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, you know, if they have a question or concern, or how can they reach out to you? Man, I am I am uh, just as as open as as anyone can 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 be. Um, anyone from uh, the, our city can contact me. Uh, using a, a number of ways. Uh, one, of course, is via telephone. My number is 212-3005, and that's my direct number, 212-3005. Also, if you go to our website at www.elpasotexas.gov slash ADA, or just search ADA under the website, uh, the government website, you will find my name uh, and my contact information, my email address. Uh, and speaking of which, my email address is pettisjc at elpasotexas.gov. So either via phone, either via email. Uh, also, they can come to any one of our public meetings that we have uh, on a regular basis. That's either the uh, AAC, 
advise, Accessibility Advisory Committee, or the CAC, the Citizens Advisory Committee, that also meets on transportation on a monthly basis. That's the second Tuesday of every month at 2 p.m. at, at the Sun Metro Operations Center, the same place as the, C, the AAC. So either through any one of those meetings, they can reach out to me and let me know. Also, uh, I want to point out that the number one way, and, and everyone should memorize this number, 311, that's the number for people to report just about every problem, any idea, uh, recommendation that they have for our city. They can call the 311, and the 311 will reroute uh the call to anyone or any department that is the most appropriate to handle that one particular request. So if they call and they say, well, I have an ADA issue or I have an ADA complaint or I have an ADA, you know, a sidewalk request or whatever, they will rewrite it back to me. So if you don't remember any of those, just remember 311 and That's then the that will, number, yeah. will eventually get to me. Yeah, it's the easiest number to remember, right? Yeah, and I think that to, to the listeners, you know, this is an opportune time to say again, uh, input, input, input. That's all, and also feedback, feedback, feedback for Mr. Bettis to make us to make the city more inclusive for everyone. And he's he's doing this due diligence, so now it falls on to us to reach out to him if we have an issue. If we don't, that's even better. But come to these meetings. Uh, the fourth Thursday of the month is the Accessibility Advisory Committee, and it's the third Tuesday of the month is the CAC for the Mass Transit Board. And those, that's the time to let your voice be heard if you have any issues or not. You have compliments. So you want to give Mr. Pettis a tap on the back. That's great. So, again, Mr. Pettis, thank you for being here on the Accessibility Corner, and we'll hope to have you uh, pretty soon in the future. Uh, my pleasure. As always, Mr. Zuala, you have a great show. Uh, good luck with it. And, uh, you know, uh, want to reach out to your listeners and uh, reiterate all the things you're saying, how important it is, because if, if I don't know what needs to be fixed, uh, I, I can't fix it, right? I, can't, I, I cannot, I cannot uh, have uh, the uh, foresight to guess what uh, our community members need. I need to know, right? I tell, so. I tell people that I gave up uh, mind reading in the second grade. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, actually, there you go. Before we leave, I want to let you know that uh, and the listeners uh, that in two weeks, actually, two weeks. I'll be having my first anniversary show for the Accessibility Corner. It's been one year already. That is awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Mr. Pettis, awesome. Thank you for being on the Accessibility Corner. You've been listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network. So, again, you've been listening to the, our interview with Mr. Jose, uh, Julio Pettis, the ADA coordinator for the city. Reach out to him, folks, if you have an issue. That, you that was have. some good stuff, George. That was. That and was he, some very good stuff. And obviously uh, – uh, you know, uh, your group, uh, they, they pay taxes like anybody else. They buy houses. And, and you know, when you hear the city talking uh, and giving that kind of information, you're serving your community with great pride. Yeah. And the information that we give out is very important. Like I say, I have a hashtag, no participation, no progress on Facebook, is that we need to participate. We need to be engaged in the community. community. And uh, reach out to him. If you, if you have a barrier in your neighborhood, or you go to a, a, a city building and you see a barrier, call him, 915-212-3005. If not, the last thing you could do is 311. How easy to the, it is to remember that. Uh, so this is the purpose of our show is to bring you those resources, resources like Miss Monica Vargas from the Special Olympics, of course, uh, Julio Perez from the city. And we want to continue that. But with that being said, we're looking for... We're working, with a, we're working to get you a really huge guest. Remember I told you about him? I know we can't say it yet, but yeah, yeah but uh, it's <laughs> and, and it all because once again of what you do, uh, 
you know, I'm sitting there and hearing about uh, ADA on some improvements to a treasurer of the El Paso area. And uh, I went right away and I said, hey, wouldn't it be great if you talked to people that were, a f- you know, that, that deal with that, that issue all the time, trying to, you know, just feel equal in, in society? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, George, and sure enough, man, it looks like we might have a chance to get you. A I, really, I want to really- say this, folks, you on Facebook Live, I'm having goosebumps. Uh, if he gets his goals, this goals, this guess for me, I'm gonna pee myself. No, don't do, really, don't do that because we have to clean it up. Because <laughs> this, this guess is pretty. That's a teaser. Hopefully, we'll get him. You know? I think we're gonna get him. Really? I think we. So, are. and uh, like I said, this is this the resource or the reason for this show is is to bring those resources, topics, of issues that deal with people with disabilities because we are a value uh, population in, in this community. We contribute, like like Abel was saying. To the tax base, we're homeowners, uh, we're teachers, we're lawyers, like Miss uh, Jennifer mm-hmm. Coulter. And uh, so we want to contribute to the community, so we want our topics to be heard. So this avenue, like I said, it's been a year, and hopefully within three weeks we'll be doing, a, uh, or we will be doing a two-hour program that will we'll be celebrating the first year anniversary of the Accessibility Corner Show. Our, ghost, our guest right now, I keep saying ghost, Why? <laughs> I don't know. Our uh, our guests will be our uh, that have scheduled so far are Stephanie Talton Ayala, Bonnie Perez. Every, everyone knows Miss Bonnie Perez, everyone. and uh, Lily Limon. She's Miss Lily Limon has been awesome since she's Miss Lily. Yeah, yes. she was a city yes. rep. She was she's she's a sweetheart, and she's given, kept in contact. Uh, so she's agreed to come on, and uh, hopefully, I get John Cardio. I that gentleman, I like him. <clears throat> he's he seems uh, very very uh, genuine, mm-hmm. and hopefully have. Uh, we need music from your your buddy, the drummer. Oh yeah, Mr. Lawrence, Lawrence Brown. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have him on. So we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. We'll have mm-hmm. we'll be doing a remote from a restaurant. It will be. Um, I'm looking for May the third, which will be a Thursday, at six p.m. You can join. Uh, we can do a Cinco de pre Cinco de Mayo party. A pre Cinco yeah. de Mayo party, and uh, we're going to invite people to the to the restaurants mm-hmm. to be part of the audience. If you want to come on board and talk a little bit, um, give some testimony on how uh, how to. I don't, don't want to say living or dealing with a disability. That's not the right term. Is that we live with our disability. Mm-hmm. We live, yeah. we live to be uh, in the pursuit of happiness. What I like to say. And that's what that's what we're here for. As much happiness as you can get Amen under the situation. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> now you can always go to the to our website for past podcasts. <clears throat> excuse me, I have, I have allergies. Excuse me. It's uh, www.theaccessibilitycorner.com. If not, always go to dialogueep.com. Uh, Abel has started a new um, show or podcast this week called Sun City Sports machine and his uh, interview with brian wolfram what's his last name sorry brian wolfram i'm sorry that's right and um it was a very uh good interview and he has a thing called sports progression sport progressions yeah and he gives and then so and he also this week also he may start another one or within the next few weeks called uh blues with hector yeah a a blues music show so see now on the on the sun city sports machine i'll I'll ask any of you that want to you can you can even email me if you don't want to talk to me that's okay if you don't want to talk to me but you can email me at able at dialogueep.com that's d-a-i-l-o-g-e-p.com 
and send me an email about uh, your kids' team, your daughter's team. There's a lot of club teams out there, and let's put them on. You know, you guys are always fundraising. You're always trying to raise money because you want to go out of town and beat somebody from Dallas. And with <laughs> yep. watch your kid beat somebody from Dallas. But the uh, fact of the matter is that I need to grow this. We're working on, on on monetizing this now, okay? And it's not expensive. It's all about being somewhere where you feel you belong and you want to support it. You know, I mean. Are we going to sell you, you know, bubble gum? I don't know. But would you like to support something such as Accessibility Corner and, and put some money in something that's good for the community and feel good about it? Well, that's what we are. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, like I said, this does take a lot of my time and money because I do have to support the website and the, and the podcast post uh, podcast hosting page. And um, and not only, not only that, but to 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 pro- provide some compensation to to Abel because you know this is a lot of work. There's a lot of equipment on his time, uh, uh, electricity. So you know what we might do on, on your anniversary? We we might just go ahead and because people are used to going to like we fund it and things like that. Maybe we'll just kick up a campaign and see what happens over the summer. No, yeah, we never know. You know, and, and and you know we have as it is. Uh, you can also uh, on the website. Uh, go to a, a, a section of it that says you were a, a supporter of, of what we're doing and actually pledge money that would be automatically, you know, swiped, you know, it was just five bucks, whatever you want, uh, you know, but uh, I mean, you're going to a movie and, and, and paying what? Eight, nine, ten dollars just to get in before you eat the thirty-five dollar popcorn, yeah, <laughs> and the fifty dollar coke. So that's what I'm saying. And then they tell you, but we'll give it in a combo and we'll give it to you for forty-nine ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, you know, Abel brought up a good point. I mean, we we try to do our best to provide this information and topics, and so hopefully, people, uh, the listeners out there. Can, can uh, contribute if they can't you know that's fine I'm still going to do this because I love this Abel's still going to do it but to say, at the I'm end hooked of, yeah at the end of the day we need to we need to eat you know despite what you see or I'm, I'm tapping my, my stomach for those I did who, gain three pounds this week though I don't, I don't know how but so yeah. we are doing this on Facebook live for those who are listening on the radio uh, the internet radio so again if you ever want to call in now or in the future is 915-603-5176 and uh, how much time do we have left, Mr. Abel? Uh, you got a minute. Got a minute. So again, folks, if you want to be on the show or you have a topic or resource you want me to research for you and bring on, always email me at george at dialogueep.com, which is D-I-A-L-O-G-E-P.com. And uh, you want to save us some last shots, baby? Some last words? You got time. Go have ahead. Have a nice day. And then, you know, it's like, like I always say, you know, keep peace and not war, you know? I don't know what she's talking about. Okay. Um, the, you've been listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network, which is brought to you by Stephanie Townsend Ayala. And hopefully next week we're going to have Mr. Mark um, Marsh from the Parking Mobility. He will be calling in from Austin. So again, we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network.